0: Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of Where Are They Now? Uh, This time I just wanted to make some notes on the fates and some of my thoughts of the characters uh, to do with the villains of the MCU up to and including the events of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Now there are some uh, villains from the MCU films that I would have missed out. Um, I wasn't going to list every single naughty boy and girl, but these are some of the ones that I consider the big bads for most of. Uh, the films released thus far and I won't really be talking much about the Disney Plus shows either so if I miss someone off then that's why but anyhow let's get into it so this will be alphabetical. Uh, Abomination um, after the events of She-Hulk which I know is a Disney show but he initially showed up in the Incredible Hulk film back in 2008 Uh, Eric Blonsky the Abomination is now sort of a hippie leader group or rather the hippie leader of a group sort of therapy session uh, to those that have been misguided or used their powers for either mischief or sometimes something a little more sinister. He does genuinely seem, though, to want to help those in need, and, you know, apart from his part time hustle as the abomination fighting in pits for Wong, but, you know, you could argue that's more on Wong. Uh, putting aside his destructive rampage at the end of Incredible Hulk, he does seem like a good chap. He does have my respect, and I'm happy to picture him just sort of relaxing and helping others, as well as beating the living daylights out of people in fight clubs. Aldrich Killian, uh, he could have been quite the threat to the world, with, you know, having extremist powers coursing through his body. But of course, Tony Stark puts an end to his shenanigans. Uh, It seems that even regenerative abilities and super hot breath won't save you from a tangle with a playboy, billionaire, philanthropist. Uh, Well, that and his suit's wife and best friend. So Killian has left this mortal coil. Now Arnim Zola, we came to discover that after the events of Captain America the First Avenger uh, it was revealed in Captain America the Winter Soldier that Arnim Zola's consciousness had lived on inside a supercomputer so even in digital form he's quite the menace uh, having helped Hydra for decades but for now he seemingly won't be a threat after a giant explosion destroyed the bunker that his mainframe was located in so it seems that uh, Arnim Zola has left this mortal coil now Batroc the Leaper uh, one thing I liked about Backdrop the Leaper's appearance in The Winter Soldier was that it was relatively minor, but also felt like a refreshing appearance, in that he's not out to destroy the world, he's just sort of a zany, lower tier of villains that Marvel have. Um, now, arguably, not much of a threat to carry a whole movie, but in a team or a cameo, such as his first appearance, or the subsequent one in The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, he, uh, he fit perfectly, I thought. And as of right now, he's still out there, if not temporarily incarcerated, just doing naughty mercenary things and dope backflicks I think. Uh, the Black Order. Now, I have to give credit to Thanos' quote unquote children, the Black Order, uh, in that they certainly had a presence on screen despite such minuscule screen time uh, in the grand scheme of things. Now, that said, save for Ebony Moore, the others uh, Obsidian Call, Proximum Midnight, Corvus Glaive did feel a little like hired muscle and were disposed of relatively easily, but as it stands both the original versions seen in Avengers Infinity War and those who time travelled to stop the Avengers in Avengers Endgame all fell to the Earth's mightiest heroes. So the Black Order have left this mortal coil. So Crossbones, uh, initially in Captain America the Winter Soldier, Brook Rumlow appears to be on the side of good, but let's be honest he seemed shady from the start and it turns out that's because Rumlow is an agent of HYDRA and after having a building collapse on him at the end of that film, somehow surviving, it's not until Captain America's Civil War that we see him again. This time he's in full Crossbones get-up, which does look pretty rad, but despite being a fearsome mercenary, so it's hinted at, there's very little that you can do when Scarlet Witch decides to contain the explosion of a bomb you've detonated and trap you within its radius. Crossbones has left this mortal coil. Dor is one of MCU's villains that has, as of right now, survived his encounter with our heroes. Uh, During the events of Doctor Strange, the titular hero managed to bargain with the ruler of the Dark Dimension and save Earth. So for now that is, and I imagine Dumamu will be back. I think he's confirmed to be, and I believe it's supposed to feature heavily in the third Doctor Strange film. Not much to say about Domamu at this point, but he did look pretty awesome. Uh, Ego, so despite being a naughty and also very horny and promiscuous one of the Celestials, Ego was not able to overcome a fight with Star-Lord and the rest of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now admittedly Star-Lord is half-Celestial and so had powers of his own to boot, but had Ego's plan succeeded, there'd be a heck of a lot more mini-Ego's running around. And technically he wants to take over everything, but he didn't seem to want to destroy or become a straight up dictator of the universe, if that makes sense, and although it's probably for the best he was destroyed in a magnificently over the top fashion, Ego has left his mortal coil. gore. Now despite the critical reception to Thor Love and Thunder I'm a really big fan of the film and to each their own and I thought gore was done well if you take the interpretation for what it was. Now I liked his semi-redemption come the end of the film and the parental themes resonated with me as well as the notion of the creator or creators being a bit of an arse. Now he's one of the creepier villains in the MCU for sure though you know due to the fact he's dead we'll never get to see if he'd have found another way to fell all the gods Gore has left this mortal coil. Now Hela, uh, during the events of Thor Ragnarok, Hela's rage and revenge easily shines through. Her contempt for Odin is unsurprising when her backstory is revealed and this adds some depth to her character. Now, of course, she uh, ultimately lusts for power and what she believes she should be hers, uh, so she's just as bad as the gods that she aims to topple really, and this proves her downfall but that and the fact that she faces off against a giant fire god would also be her doubtful Hela has seemingly left this mortal coil now, the high evolutionary uh... you know is quite possibly the most sadistic and sickening villain in the MCU to date some could argue his ideologies aren't as extreme as other villains nor his ultimate goals but when you see the performance on screen it's hard to believe any sense of redeeming quality lies within the chap now the notion that he doesn't believe in gods and that he has stepped in ooh, pardon me to do their work is egotistical and haunting in equal measure at the conclusions of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 his fate is a little ambiguous but a deleted scene uh, just seemed to show him imprisoned on nowhere now I'm going to take this as fact because it means I can imagine a scenario where he comes back to do even more mad experience and must once more be put in his place so Justin Hammer uh, it might be because it's Sam Rockwell uh, playing Justin Hammer but I think the character is hilarious, uh, he's just an arms dealer who gets in way over his head to try to be the top dog and really does see himself as God's gift. Now you can't knock the guy for having uh, confidence even if it is incredibly misguided and after the whole trying to build his own army of robot suits and causing a bit of a kerfuffle thing uh, Hammer is still in prison. Though I would be more than happy for him to just pop up now and then or simply be referenced as a shady arms dealer supplying naughty boys and girls uh, I think there are a few references to him post Iron Man 2 but he's yet to make a brilliant comeback uh, Kycilius I think that's how you say it uh, I felt he was a little wasted in Doctor Strange um, the character as in not he was drunk uh, he was clearly adept in the mystic arts and his outlook on his actions were more complex than simple ruling and conquering uh, he wanted to genuinely, it seemed, help humanity, even if his methods of doing so were blatantly a little more harmful to anyone who hadn't been corrupted and tricked by Dormammu. Ultimately, his crusade came to an end by the time the credits of Doctor Strange rolled round. So we won't get to see if there's any potential for him to change, or if he did take an even more extreme path to achieving his goals. Kaecilius has left this mortal coil. Uh, Kang, at the time of writing this, I can't say too much about Kang because his appearance in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, apart from that appearance, his role in the MCU is largely being teased rather than shown. did have uh, a different variant of him obviously being present in the Loki TV series. Um, You know, but it's rather a sort of Thanos in his initial build-up in this way. Uh, There's also the fact that there's thousands of Kangs out there, Um, so it's hard to keep track of which one's which at this point. But that said, the Kang that we get in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, is formidable, and I personally did feel uh, immediately like he was a threat. I won't say that version of Kang is dead, because it's heavily hinted at that he's not, and uh, that is the version who will be the big bad Kang later down the line, I think. So I look forward to seeing more of the character and where the story goes. Uh, Killmonger. Now, I've always said that I recognise I'm not necessarily personally suited to comment on the themes and how Black Panther resonated with larger parts of an audience, Uh, but if I just try to look at Killmonger on the action-based level, as in the actions he takes, I honestly just saw him as sort of no more than a hypocrite and never felt he was a particularly well-written character. This is of course just my opinion, I recognise the atrocities of the past he refers to should never have happened, but I always felt that he could have been better than those that came before, but he didn't choose to be. Uh, That's just how I read it anyway. Um, it's my opinion, you know, yours may differ, that's fine but ultimately a fight with the Black Panther meant that he wouldn't get to enact his reign of terror due to him dying in a final confrontation so Killmonger has left this mortal coil uh, disappear in the second film as sort of the apparition thing when uh, Shuri goes to the magic place that's part of Wakandan afterlife uh, but otherwise, I'm pretty sure he's dead uh, Loki, by this point I'm not even sure which Loki it is that we're following on screen anymore Uh, the original one was defeated in the Avengers but then went on to somewhat of a redemption arc and in all his appearances up to Avengers Infinity War in which he died but then there's the alternate version of Loki that didn't die and is now roaming around the cosmos trying to be a good man and right the wrongs uh, that he caused at the TVA and you know may have ruptured the universe by killing He who remains Uh, whilst we aren't there at the time of writing this Loki season 2 is fast approaching so we'll probably clear things up more, but as of now, Loki is still very much alive and still very much a mischievous boy, Or one version of him is, anyway. Uh, Malekith, uh, you know, he just wanted to create a place for the Dark Elves to live because, you know, revenge for the fact that they were banished, and it's pretty standard stuff. And uh, It was also a time when Marvel just seemed to often one and done many of their villains. But I thought he was menacing, and of course you can tell from that previous sentence that Malekith is very much six feet under or rather scattered in the winds after his last stand against Thor but I would be happy to see him come back and get another chance somehow uh, especially if we get to see more of the Dark Elves now MODOK uh, let's be honest Jacket, who was Darren Cross before his final fight with Ant-Man in which we learn he was rescued and transformed by Kang into MODOK was far more menacing than MODOK who was simply treated like a joke not even like a joke who could get stuff done still but he was just a joke Uh, It's a shame really, I don't have much more to say on this entry because I get a little riled but at least he died fighting the good fight so MODOK has left this mortal coil now the Red Skull initially he was a very naughty boy obviously taking Nazi ideology and went even further in his quest to dominate the earth by using the cosmic cube to enhance his technologies and army now had he succeeded there's no doubt he'd have tried to spread Hydra across the universe Good heavens. But, you know, there was still Captain America being able to stop him, and over half a decade of films later, we'd come to learn that Red Skull now lives trapped on Vormir as the keeper of the Soul Stone. Now some would probably rightly argue that this is punishment for his sins. He doesn't seem to regret his choice either, and is even a little bitter that he can't have the stone, so maybe he should be punished this way. But still, it was probably a bit awkward when Captain America went to return the Soul Stone, and I'd like to have seen Red Skull popping up now and then before he's thwarted once more but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Ronan the Accuser he was really, just like Thanos said, a pouty child there's very little if any substance to his character maybe that was the point but you know, despite being able to drop a mad beat with his power stone infused hammer Ronan was no match for the full force of the Guardians Ronan has left this mortal coil so Spider-Man villains, I'm just gonna quickly quick fire them off because there's a lot for the web slinger to deal with and I really just want a Sinister Six film And as it transpires, some of these Spider-Man villains are now good, which is to say that Kirk Connors, Lizard, Doc Ock, Otto Octavius, Electro, Max Dillon, Sandman, Flint Marko were all returned to their universe after the events of Spider-Man No Way Home, seemingly cured of their afflictions and saved from the death they faced. That's not to say they can't snap again, but for now there is peace. Uh, Green Goblin, Norman Osborn was also returned, but his being cured is a little more ambiguous. Um, those that still harbor a grudge against everyone's favorite friendly neighborhood Spider-Man though would be Scorpion, Matt Gargan, Shocker, Human Schultz and Vulture Adrian Toomes, all three of whom were incarcerated after their bouts with Spider-Man and seeing as Toomes doesn't remember it's Peter anymore he's probably out to get him again. Now those that seem to or will do have a fight with Spidey are Kingpin, uh, Wilson Fisk and Venom now the first was seen briefly at the end of the Hawkeye series though if he doesn't return for a spider-man project i'll be flabbergasted and venom was seen uh, licking a picture of peter's face on tv and absolutely wanting to go toe-to-toe with him so we'll have to see how that pans out now as for mysterio quentin beck who seemingly died after his final conversation in london with spider-man but who knows for sure uh, as it stands mysterio has left this mortal coil now certa in Norse mythology, Surtr is the big bad fire dude that heralded to help bring about the destruction of Asgard, and despite only a brief appearance in Thor Ragnarok, he certainly gets the job done, taking both Hela and Asgard down in one fell swoop. Uh, did he die? It's not necessarily confirmed, so I'm going to say that his essence is out there somewhere and that he could always come back. Now Thanos. The man who set out to achieve one singular goal, which was to wipe out half the universe and he was relentlessly driven by his ideology of helping the universe by balancing it and it's unsurprising that he ended up pulling it off Uh, there's far more complex rationale behind his ideology that some may give credit for which is what makes him, as agreed by many, one of the MCU's greatest villains to date now initially he only had brief mentions or appearances but as soon as he was brought to the forefront in Avengers Affinity War you knew this wasn't a dude you wanted to mess with unless you have Stormbreaker and you can chop his head off or a nanotech gauntlet with all the infinity stones inside. Then you can defeat Thanos. Thanos has left this mortal coil. Now Ultron, uh, for many, or well, hardcore fans at least, Age of Ultron was a bit of a disappointment because of what could have been. But I'm not here to talk about what could have been. I'm here to note what did happen. Uh, now as it stands, I personally feel that in the screen time he got, Ultron was menacing and a genuine threat. But he did need some more than just one film needed several uh, this would have given him time for development and a build up a Thanos level threat for the earth uh, before Thanos came knocking and as is the case right now uh, every shed of Ultron's consciousness was seemingly destroyed but he'll be back you know he'll be back now Ulysses Claw. Uh, I'll be honest in many ways Ulysses Claw reminded me of the Joker in the Dark Knight and that he just loves causing chaos his portrayal in Black Panther is hilarious as it is in Age of Ultron and I was always a little bummed that we'll never get to see more of him just being a naughty boy uh... you know, a bullet to the head though tends to do that to a person so Ulysses Claw has left this mortal coil now Whiplash um, I know this isn't a widely held sentiment but Iron Man 2 is my favourite Iron Man film and one of my MCU favourite films overall uh, maybe it's just because at the time of Reese I was quite into weightlifting too but I always really liked Mickey Rourke as Whiplash There was a physicality and threat to his character that felt real, for want of a better word, and uh, the fact that he has two giant whips as his choice of weaponry was always pretty rad to me. Now, I do like that he tried to point out the hypocrisy of Tony Stark's Legacy 2, but ultimately he still fell in the final confrontation with Iron Man and War Machine, so Whiplash has left this mortal coil. Now finally, Zemo. Uh, I must give credit to Zemo and note that he did very much cause a rift between the Avengers, that will go on to have a knock on effect for years down the line. Uh, the fact he has enough powers makes it even more impressive. And that said, post-civil war, his appearance in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, adding more as just a common criminal, but one with wealth, so I guess his appearance in Thunderbolts will give us more time with his character. But for now, he's still very much alive and kicking. So there we have it then, for this uh, where are they now? There are some villains from the MCU films I've missed out, as I said, but I did note this wasn't going to be a list of every single naughty boy and girl, just those I consider the big bads for each film, or most of the films. Uh, I'll repeat that I didn't really want to talk much about the dizzy push show, so if I miss someone else as well, that's why. However, all said and done, that's, uh, that's going to wrap this up. So all the links to anything uh, social-wise are in the description below, as is the link for the blog, YouTube and podcast channel. Just switch out those for whichever medium you're listening on. Um, But as always, take care, stay safe, bees and nugs.